Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So says Paul in a word to the Corinthians this evening that we would be wise to heed this Ash Wednesday. It's really easy oftentimes to put stuff off for a later date, isn't it? To wait for a more opportune time when things will be simpler, when life is not quite so hectic, when the kids are out of the house. And yet sometimes it seems to me as if that perfect day just isn't quite coming. Now we do this in our life with God too. We're waiting for perfect circumstances, for engraved invitations, for obvious signs from God that we should act or not, that we are favored or not, that God is with us or not. But now, Paul says, is the time. Today is the day. And the Lord is indeed calling each and every one of us to himself. Let no obstacle keep you away. Repent and return. Or if you're coming for the first time, repent and give yourself to God. Ash Wednesday is, of course, the perfect day for that kind of repentance. Because it's the day when we acknowledge the truth about ourselves and about the world. That we are all sinners. That we have fallen short of God's glory and that we are going to die. And if you're willing to grant that twofold premise, that we are not God and that we're not going to live forever, then it follows logically that we should do everything we possibly can to get into the right relationship with the one who made heaven and earth and who promises that through his Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be redeemed from death and retrofitted for service in his kingdom. Today is that day. We should wait no longer. This turning back to God or turning to God for the first time necessarily requires submitting ourselves to his authority. We cannot remain lords of our own lives while also claiming to make Jesus Lord of our hearts. But we can be transformed. We can be drawn away from our own selfish and sinful desires by Christ. We can be remade, given new hearts, and able to serve in God's reordered world. This is the truth that lies behind the call to repentance that God really is the only one worthy of worship and that all the counterfeit idols that we have tried to project our wishes and our fantasies and our egos onto are unable to stand when compared with the love of the one true God. And yet, despite our ignorance, despite the fact that we will try every other possibility God desires to be in a relationship with us. God longs for us to submit to him, not as his servants, although that is properly what we are, but as friends. God extends grace and mercy so that we will happily enter this new relationship and let him remake us by the power of his love. 
God wants us to come out of our free will. It is an incredible thing. The creator of the universe is willing even to suffer to make this happen. So today we offer the proper and necessary response to God's outstretched offering of himself. And we return to God what is properly his already. Ourselves, our souls, and our bodies. As we enter into Lent, we mark our foreheads. Some of us even get to wear cool skull caps. And we do this as a reminder that we need to seek repentance and forgiveness. That we are mortal creatures in need of redemption. And in this season, we're seeking to cultivate a deeper connection with our Creator by acknowledging our own fragile creatureliness. Lent always starts like this with an invitation, not with a command. An invitation to acknowledge our sin and our distance from God, to be able to order our lives differently. This opportunity is extended to us and we should accept it with joy. The ashes that we smudge on our foreheads remind us that we cannot escape judgment and death, but we can prepare for them. And so today is the day to make those preparations. There are three practices that we associate most closely with Lent, and those are fasting, prayer, and showing mercy by giving alms to the poor. These three practices are designed explicitly to take us out of ourselves, to draw us away from our sinful selfishness, and to bring us closer to the heart of God. Now, we can certainly make all three of those the center of our lives at any time. In fact, that's kind of the idea. But, especially in this season of Lent, these three do more for us than just remind us that we need a Redeemer. They help us to see other people and to recognize their need. And when the opportunity presents itself, to meet those needs. It is possible, of course, even in Lent, to be so focused on ourselves that we don't see those around us as pilgrims on the same journey that we are. We ignore them as we turn inward and focus on our contemplative desire to be closer to the Lord. But if we want to be disciples of Jesus, that means we should seek to love and serve all people as if they were Christ himself. That means if we want our prayers to be heard by God, if that is our desire, we should seek the ant to answer the prayers of others when we have the chance. If when you are fasting you're hungry, it should hopefully spark in you the recognition of the hunger of others. If we hope to receive mercy, then we should likewise be generous in showing mercy to others. We cannot ask God for things that we want for ourselves, but then deny them when we have the opportunity to bless other people. Fasting and prayer will bear no fruit in our lives unless they are watered by that kind of externally cognizant mercy. Lent is a tempting season for some of us because it presents the opportunity to focus inward when we are constantly being called by Christ to see other people as on a similar journey. Now, of course, keeping Lent well at all can be very daunting. Tomorrow is actually probably the hardest day. After tomorrow, you may just give up 
And that gets pretty easy. But this season is an opportunity, not a burden. I don't know what you're giving up or taking on or what your Lenten practice is, but my hope is that this season of fasting and prayer and mercy draws all of us deeper into relationship with God and with the world that God made and loves. Beginning with Ash Wednesday, we're given the chance to acknowledge the truth about ourselves, but not to stay where we are. We're given the chance to acknowledge who we are and what we've done and to change. And the point of Lent is not to become so refined and flawless that we start to think that our works will save us, but to see that God alone is perfect and that in his grace, God loves us enough that he doesn't order the immediate destruction of rebellious sinners like we are, but gives us the time and space we need for repentance. Lent is a season full of that time and space. It's a season not for mortification of the flesh just for its own sake, but a time to properly reorder our hearts and our lives. A time to pause our relentless drive to acquire and consume, and for once in our lives to face reality without fear. That reality can be stark and challenging, But of course, God has not left us hopeless or helpless. He has given us this time to make the changes that we need to make, to repent, to return, to get into a right relationship with the Lord. There is still time for all of us. And behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen.